and welcome to Ritopia Labs Worldwide Radio Plays Festival, a podcast of 40 plays written by young playwrights ages 8 to 18 from all across the country, directed, performed, and designed by professional artists, brought to you by the Mellon Foundation and the Rosenthal Family Foundation. This year's theme is Heroes and Monsters, Plays Against Fear. Now in our 11th season of the Worldwide Plays Festival, we challenged our playwrights to write toward the monsters, be they internal, external, systemic, real, or imaginary, and vanquish them. What you're about to hear are four hilarious, brilliant, provocative, evocative, and thoroughly theatrical plays written by young playwrights. If you like what you listen to, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and iTunes, because we will be podcasting four plays each week for 10 weeks. And if you're a young person who wants to write a play, a story, a poem, a song, or anything at all, please check out writopialab.org. And if you're an older person who wants to help out our nonprofit, please go to writopialab.org slash donate. All right, time for the show. Wrath of Magma by me, Orla Hawkman. Okay, so the magma, the wood elf, is super strong, and she's wearing a black cape and a white thing around her neck. And uh oh, here comes a big ugly monster. He's red and fiery. It's super sharp nails, and he can bite you in a second. Oh no! What is that wood elf gonna do? Maybe the wood elf can get the frozen fruit from the basement like her dad asked her to five minutes ago so he can make his workout shake? This is not a joke, Dad. This is serious. Maggie. It's magma. Okay. Magma. How many times am I going to have to ask you? Go to the laundry room and get the fruits. I don't want to go down there. Why not? Because it's dark downstairs. Well, take a flashlight. What is a flashlight going to do against a dark demogorgon? What even is a dark demogorgon? Like I said, he's red and fiery and has super sharp nails. And you are telling me that that thing lives in our laundry room? Yeah, it does. Can't you hear it breathing? I think that's just the washer. It's a dark demogorgon. Look, you need to stop playing so much Dungeons and Dragons with your mom. I am not going into that basement without protection. Well, I'm not coming down with you. I'm making the shake. I don't need you. I need a weapon. You know we don't keep weapons in this house, Missy. I'm going out to find one. Where are you going? To the garage, duh! Isn't the garage darker than the basement? Whatever. Watch out for the raccoons. I'm not afraid of beasts with plain old nature powers. We are dealing with a real monster here with fiery eyes and super sharp claws. Okay, I get it! Even fiery legs, and he can bite you with super sharp teeth that are also made of fire. Thanks! That's a rake. I mean, I surrender, Magma. Now, to the basement. 
Uh-oh. What's that noise? Could it be a little dark demogorgon who's scared to come out because Magma, the super strong wood elf, is coming to defeat it? Where's Maggie? I think you mean Magma. Sorry, Magma. It's okay. What is she doing down there? Well, apparently there is a dark demogorgon in our basement, which is stopping her from getting my frozen fruit. Wow, scary. But I'm pretty sure she has the power to defeat it. <laughs> Get down, beast. You're not strong enough to defeat Magma, the amazing one elf. What is making that infernal noise? Here's your beloved fruit. Do not mess with me. I'll see what happened downstairs. What the heck did you do to the washing machine? It's completely dented. Maggie, do you have something to tell me? I'm sorry. I mean, for saving your life. Oh, and it's magma? The Wrath of Magma was written by Orla Hockman. It was directed by Samantha Stone. The sound producer was Elizabeth Weber. And it featured the voices of Afton Welch, Brent Schultz, and Alasius Enger. Orla was the winner of this year's elementary school Ritopia Lab Worldwide Plays Festival external competition. You gross barf. Ugh. I hate bugs. I know. I want to leave. Same. This is disgusting. I feel like crying right now. Do you want to run away? Hopefully, Miss Archer doesn't see us. Uh, yeah. Come on, let's go into the ocean life exhibit. No, I'm also scared of sea creatures. What aren't you scared of? I'm not scared of people. At least. Some people. I'm not scared of tissues. And I'm not scared of ladders. Uh, wait, I, I am because I'm scared of heights. Well, I'm not scared of rainbows. Uh, yeah, I am. It hurts my eyes because of too many colors. And I'm scared of losing my inhaler or getting it stolen. <laughs> hey, give that back. No, I am two minutes older and more responsible. Don't worry, it'll be safe in my backpack. Fine. Going back to what you were saying earlier, you're scared of people? Are you scared of Shayna? Who said my name? Hi, I was not talking about you. It was Alicia. Alex, get out from behind me now, you little mouse. Jeez, okay, fine. Which one of you twins wants to step up? I am telling you, it was not It was not, not me. me. I am going to say this one more time. Which one of you rats were talking about me? Can you please leave us alone? What have we ever done to you? Yeah. Shut up. You know what you did. Shayna, did I just hear you use your outside voice? You never get the twins in trouble. This is so unfair. Why is it always me? Shayna, come talk to me on the side for a second. 
Huh. You guys are the worst. I hate you so much. Now I am afraid of her. She has been so mean to us since kindergarten. I don't even know what we ever did to her. Why are you so mean to Alex and Alicia? They're sweethearts. If you only knew what they have been doing to me. What is it, Shayna? Tell me. Never mind. You wouldn't understand. Are you sure you don't want to talk? Yes. Just leave me alone. I do not tolerate that behavior. She She has a bad Come on, now's our chance to escape. Shh, okay. Let's go. Hurry up. I don't want to get in trouble by Miss Archer. I'm scared. No, come on. We're not going to get in trouble. She will never find out about it. Do you even have a plan? Of course I do. Listen, there are exits everywhere, and the security guards are not careful. We can go to the gift shop. I've been trying to be the best out of the best student at Eastwood Middle School since kindergarten. And they still keep beating me. Why do you have to be the best? Because my parents expect me to. They want me to be teacher's pet. They expect more from me. Is that an excuse for you to be mean to others? Well, no. But when I'm mad, who am I going to take it out on? No one. You should talk to someone about how you feel. But who would I talk to? Anyone. Maybe try a therapist or someone you trust? I would tell my parents, or even my older brother, but I'm scared of them. Why, Shayna? It's personal. You wouldn't know. You can trust me. (laughs) Let's go into the elevator. Come on. Uh, Alicia. Meet me at the gift shop. Should I go? That's too long of a wait. I'll just take the stairs and meet Alicia there. I'll try to call her. (laughs) Oh. Uh, let me see that I can connect you to the Wi-Fi. I'm good, but thanks. He said to let him connect you. <laughs> I said no, thank you. I, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? I said no, thank you. Loser. I can't can't breathe. (laughs) Oh, what's this? It's Alex's asthma inhaler? Oh my gosh. I have it. I should have given it to him beforehand. What if something bad is happening to him right now? I'm going to find those twins. Have you seen Alex and Alicia anywhere? I can't find them. No, I haven't seen them. But we need to start going. Let me try to find them. Okay, I'll help you. It's not like I like them. I'm just bored. Excuse me, sir. 
ma'am, have you seen twins who are age 12, brown skin? They both were wearing blue shirts. If you see these kids, please report it to security. Oh, you saw twins who were wearing blue shirts run towards the elevator? Oh, Alex, are you okay? Answer me, Alex. Oh, my God. Miss Archer. Miss Archer, what's going on? Oh, he's not breathing well. Shayna, why are you talking to me? I actually don't know. For some reason, I care. We should be worrying about Alex right now. (laughs) What? Oh my gosh! Oh, I am so happy that you're okay. I was so scared for you. I'm so glad you're here. You guys are not so bad after all. Speaking Up was written by Layla Cisse. It was directed by Kimberly Walker. The sound producer was Kiara Johnson, and it featured the voices of Hayani Contesano, Skylar Van Ansom, Brittany Chapa, and Oria Temeski. Layla's Ritopia Lab instructors were Janelle Williams and Danielle Sheeler. The Least Likely Monster by me, Master Chicken. I hate this part. I hate when I'm not in control. I hate when I turn into this, this, this monster! Time to destroy! I am ready to kill! No! Don't turn back! Don't! I'm back. I'll go and see if I did any damage. Where were you? The village was completely destroyed. I was in the woods and... What? I was the only survivor. You were lucky to be gone in the woods. If only you knew. I hate this part of myself. I hate that I was blessed with this talent. (laughs) Blessed. More like cursed. Even my own mother doesn't know. I've got to go. I can't hurt any more people. No. Not here. Not now. Time. It's time. It's time to kill. Blood! Blood! Lovely blood! Honey! Where are you? Ah, ha, ha, ha. <gasps> Yummy! Mars! Mars! Ah, yummy in my tummy! Lovely rich blood! No! Well, this is great! I just ate my own mom! Let's see if I can bring her back. (coughs) Hello, Mars. I just saw the strangest thing. A monster ate me and then vomited me up. 
You must have been seeing things. Oh. Are you okay? Wake up! It's time for our first lesson together. I don't want to be late on our first day. It's just like the first day of school. Isn't that nice? Honey, were you even listening? Um, yes. Wake up and listen. Try to be excited. It's a new day. A new day brings new adventures, so lighten up. Try to be happy for a change. It's nice, trust me. Fine. If you didn't notice, a bird pooped on your shirt. What? Oh. <laughs> now who's happy? This could go on for a while. I think I'll lie low for a while. Did you say something to that bird? <laughs> no. How? Birds don't listen to humans, do they? No. I suppose not. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You just stepped in different types of animal oh. poop, and oh. I think that puddle is pee. Uh, <laughs> Mom! Don't bother me now, young lady. Not one peep out of you from now on. Peep. Mars, West Virginia. What did I say? I plead the fifth. Mars, we've I mean, I plead the Fifth Amendment. It means I don't have to talk. Mars, West Virginia, we've talked about this. This isn't the courtroom. This is home. You have to answer to your mother. Why are you talking about yourself in the third person? It's like me saying, Mars is pleading the Fifth. Mars is getting herself scolded by her ignorant mother. Get back here now. Oh, no. I'm going to have to bolt. At least I got out of that one. That was creepy. Looks like mom is back to her old ways. I just have to hope I won't turn into a monster when I escape. I guess that means that it's just me and the monster. And we're the same person. Now it's happening. At least it didn't happen when I was trying to escape. <laughs> Kill. Oh, this is fun. Now, how to get out of the woods? Where? How? Someone help me. I controlled it. I did it. I controlled it. That is hard to believe. Maybe now I won't kill anyone else. Oh, now I see a way out. Let's go for blood! Oops. I spoke too soon. Next time, I won't speak so soon. I'm ready. I'm the monster. What? I'm the monster. So you're saying you're the monster that destroyed the village, the monster that ate me, then threw me up, and the monster that killed the animals in the forest? Um, 
Yes. And no. What do you mean? Nothing. Nothing. You're endangering me just standing there. Go, go, go. You're not welcome here, you murderer. Mom. Go! I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have told her that. I should have said there was nothing wrong with me and the world. I should have said that I'm doing great for her believing me. Well, that would be a whole different matter. I should be glad I didn't make my transformation when I told her. I need to find something to kill. I need to survive. Blood sustains me. I will die without blood. And so would she. She needs me as much as I need her. Did the monster just say what I think he said? Marsha. I know that you are inside me somewhere. We need each other. You know that somehow. I help you. I give you life force. You cannot live without me. Find me some blood. I will find some blood. I will find something to sustain myself. I found something. I won't die after oh, all. food. Finally, finally I will live. That was nice. The bird was tasty. I feel full. I had no idea I needed the monster. It gives me a whole new respect for the monster. I wish my mom was here right now. If she were here, she would understand me. She would understand why I'm like the way I am. Found you. Don't turn me in. You're going to save me, right? Right? Yes. But we can't stay for long, so you will have to disguise yourself. What happens if I transform when I'm disguised? Let's just hope that won't happen. But what if it does happen? Will you just let them take me away? What will happen to me? We need to move. Run. We can't let them take you. Go, go. You will be executed if you don't move. I'll come. Got it. Meet me at the entrance to Death Cave. Death Cave? What is she thinking? If you go into Death Cave, you will die. You will find your way out. Oh, oh, oh. You're at the entrance. I got it. You had gone in. Oh. Um... I told you to meet at the entrance to Death Cave, not inside Death Cave. If I went in, I'd die. Now, we have to start thinking about escape. You're right. Let's start. Thinking, thinking, still thinking, thinking. Mars, West Virginia, this is serious now? Now my name is Mars, West Virginia, this is serious now? That is such a funny name, but not such a good name. Mars. I'm wondering, how did you choose that name? Did you think Mars? No, that won't work. Mars West. Nope. Mars West Virginia? Close, but no. I know. Mars West Virginia, this is serious now. That works. Mars. Why? Just why? Why do you have to make a joke out of every single thing? It's not making a joke. It's having a lighthearted look at 
the world. Mars! Fine, let's go. Okay. Um, Mom, I think you should get out of the way. Oh no, not here. Not now. Ah. Hello. Blood time. It's been so long. Oh, what's this? Who do I see? I see people I can kill. Fight. Fight the monster. I'm trying, but it's not working. What? You little fools think you can try to stop me? I'm unstoppable. Try harder. The, the more you try to stop the monster, the more it grows. Then what should I do? If I can't stop the monster, then how will I defeat it? There's no way to defeat me. As I told you before, I'm unstoppable. Nothing can kill me. I meant the more you fight, the more you lose. Try to run around in a circle and scream. Okay. Ah! Hey, it's working! Ah, what is happening? I'm shrinking! I'm doing it, I'm doing it! Ah! This cannot be possible! Ow! I can't believe it, I'm actually doing it! Ah! Ah! No! I will not die! I won't! If I do, then I'll fight to the last ah! breath I will! Ah! Ah! You did it! I did it! I'm proud of you. I couldn't have done it. No offense, but you probably couldn't. The Least Likely Monster was written by Masua Chaikin. It was directed by Reynaldo Pinea, and the sound producer was Kiara Johnson. It featured the voices of Molly Gallagher, Gary Cook, and Dara Swisher. Masua's Rytopia Lab instructor was Natalie Cook. Terry the 14-year-old girl eating plant by me. Joe Wallace Egal. Our story begins in a garden with tomatoes and strawberries and other plants. Lucinda, a jealous yet dedicated 14-year-old girl, enters. Ugh! Why do I have to do all these chores? Gardening these tomatoes and strawberries and other plants? Why can't Cece ever do them? Mom never makes Cece do them when she complains about doing it. And always whenever she doesn't need to do the chores, I have to do them. Like one time she had to do the dishes, I had to. And before that, she didn't want to set the table, so I had to. And now she didn't have to water the plants, so I have to. A few minutes earlier, indoors. Cecilia, you have to water the plants. Oh, but mommy. But Lucinda is watching TV, and I'm reading The Key to Being a Spy. It's an invisible book. Well, then how about you finish that book up quick, and then you do your chores? But I'm a perfect little angel, and Lucinda is a non-little devil who just watches TV all the time. All right. Go tell your sister to turn off the TV and go water the plants. Okay, Mommy. I love you, Mommy! Back to Lucinda in the garden, 
as next to her a plant, yes, a plant, slowly curls towards her. I wish I could just be like these plants. They don't have to do anything. Before Lucinda gets to water it, the plant slowly rises and grows and... The garden. Lucinda has become Terry the Monster. A monster with sharp teeth who sort of looks like a Venus flytrap. Rachel, Lucinda and Cecilia's mom, who believes in the supernatural world, enters. Honey, are you all right? Terry spits out strawberries and they almost hit Rachel. Rachel does not see Terry. These are fresh strawberries. They look good. Rachel bends down to touch one. When she touches one... Ow! While this happens, the strawberry glows and reflects onto Rachel's face. Rachel looks over at Terry. Whoa! Rachel runs off. Mommy? Lucy? There is no Lucy. Oh, sorry. Lucinda. Poor Lucinda. Wait, then who are you? I'm Terry, and I'm not going to stop destroying this house and whoever lives in it until I get what I want. Well, what do you want? Water. Huh? Get in here right now, Cece. Oh, fine. Now that they're gone, I can rip this house down piece by piece! In the basement, Rachel and Cecilia. Don't worry, Mommy, it's fine. This is Terry. Shreds, he pulls out a water pipe and gets water and falls down. Lucinda magically reappears. Terry is lying down with Lucinda on top of him. What? Terry? Who's Terry? No, get off of Terry! I don't know what you're talking about. But I did have this weird dream that I was destroying a house and then I hit a pipe. That's when I woke up. Huh? Rachel came rushing back. Lucy, are you okay? What happened? Um, I just... uh, Had a weird dream that she was destroying a house and then she hit this pipe and that's when she woke up. I don't think that was a dream. Ha ha, Mom. You're always trying to make me think that my dreams are real. Well, now that I think of it, 
I actually don't think it was a dream either. I think Terry swallowed you up and then you became him. Oh, and where I bought the seeds for Terry? I didn't believe them at first. They said that the seed was a wishing flower. Did you say anything while you were watering your plants? Well, I was complaining to myself about how Cece never does any of the chores and I always have to do them. And I was watering the plants and I said, I wish I could be just like the plants since they don't have to do anything. <gasps> the person who sold the seeds looked like a regular person with a name tag that said Agabi. If I remember correctly, when I was looking for seeds, I saw a clear sphere on a stand and it kept changing colors. Uh, come on, Mom. That person was probably just trying to get you to think that she was one of those fortune tellers or whatever. Well, if she is real, I want to know if Terry is going to come back. Who wants their fortune told? Agabe. A fortune teller dressed in an outfit with tassels on it has entered. Rachel, Cecilia, and Lucinda's jaws drop. Blackout. Terry, the 14-year-old girl-eating plant, was written by Joe Wallace Segal. It was directed by Samantha Stone. The sound producer was Elizabeth Weber, and it featured the voices of Joy Danze, Molly Gallagher, and Kelsey Duffy. Joe's Ritopia Lab instructor was Samantha Stone. The opening and interstitial music for this podcast was composed and performed by Malcolm Knowles. The music you are hearing right now was composed and performed by Ilan Isakoff. The head of our external competition is Madeline Taylor. The co-curator of our festival is Matthew Jellison. Our casting director is Oria Tomeski. Our sound designer is Robert A.K. Gagno. Our line producer is Dara Swisher. And our artistic director is me, Dan Katroser. Thank you to Rebecca Wallace-Segal, Executive Director, and Jeremy Wallace-Segal, Chief Operations Officer of Ritopia Lab, as the work of Ritopia Lab is more vital than ever. And special thanks to Barry Waldorf, Tracy Rogers, and the Mellon Foundation, and Jamie Wolf and the Rosenthal Family Foundation, and Ritopia Lab's board members, Kim Hartman and David Sherman, for their ongoing generosity to the Ritopia Lab Worldwide Plays Festival. Please check out our website at www.ritopialab.org and ritopialab.org slash donate to donate now. All right, everybody, as I say, the great work begins. <laughs>